Hey everyone, welcome to Thriving Marriage with Mark and Bethany. This is our weekly discussion of marriage and family in the Christian life, and this is part two of our series on money. And we have guest Rick Talcott on the show, and we're thankful that you're here. Mr. Talcott, thanks for being here. It's great to be here. Rick manages the money at Compass, been a uh, a husband for how many years? How? 43. 43 years, father of four kids, some of which we went to school with in Mm -hmm. college. Mm -hmm. And uh, so just a real blessing to have you here and imparting your wisdom (laughs) about how to manage money well. So we want to talk about budgets and spending today. So hit me with some wisdom on how to just have a budget and spend money really wisely. Just have a budget and spend money yeah. wisely. <laughs> Boom. What's next? Thanks That's for joining us. Yeah. <laughs> Simple. So whenever I talk about budgets, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a touchy conversation sometimes because people okay. don't want to spend the time to do it. And I tell people it's super easy. It's not difficult in today's world with Excel spreadsheets. It's mm-hmm. really simple to do. Anybody can do it. It's just a simple process. Bethany loves it when I mess with Excel spreadsheets. <laughs> Mark, that's a hidden maybe gem about Mark. He loves Excel. Yeah. He loves it. He the just, formulas. The, everything. But also the, the way it looks. The clean lines. Right. The rows, the columns. If one section has a box, the accompanying, the section right next to it needs to have a symmetrical box. It's just all got to, it's all got to look yes, right. Yes, yes. I think in spreadsheets, but that's another whole whole topic. But when we talk about budgets, you know, to me, there's there's like two fundamental ways to do a budget. And we talked a little bit last time we were together about um, giving and savings. And if you take care of those through some of the ways we talked about, then what's left, we have to ask ourselves, you know, how do we spend it? And some people, that's as far as they get. They make sure their giving is as generous as it can be, and they set aside savings, and then they just spend. Mm -hmm. Hmm. And if you can do that and get to the end of the month and you're not in trouble, then that's a method of budgeting. Hmm. And if you get to the end of the month and you have more, put more money into giving and savings and then try to go a couple months and live on that number. So let's say you the, back to the $5,000 a month maybe that we talked about before. If I give 500 to giving and 500 to savings and I'm living on 4000 and I get to the end of the month and I made it, okay, you made your budget. Yeah. Because the two important things in life, according to me, is giving <laughs> and savings. Yeah. And so that's, a, that's one way. That would be on one extreme. That's one extreme way to budget. That would pass the Rick Talcott budget test? It would, as long okay. as we're doing the giving and savings. Sure. You know, because... You know, make those as high as you can. Right. The problem is now we got 4000 and we didn't make it. So now what do we do? Mm-hmm. And so then you have to kind of dissect and get the spreadsheet out and list out, well, what am I spending and what do I want to be spending and what am I spending? So the best way to do a budget really for that other group of normal everyday living costs that we all have is to list them out and list them out in some reasonable order. Everybody has rent. You either have a mortgage and property taxes and insurance because they own a home or they're renting a place and they have rent. That's the easiest thing to budget. Yeah. And that's usually where I start. Okay, what's the rent? And yeah. Everybody knows what the rent is. Yeah. And so then we say, okay, but do you have to pay any utilities on top of that? Oh, yeah, we do. And well, how much is that? I don't know. Well, okay, let's 
kind of take a guess. But we start a process where we're now we're looking at details. And that's where spreadsheets help. You know, you just make a list of the details and put them in categories. And lots of people have seen some of my categories, I'm sure. But create your own categories, whatever kind of works for you. Um, there's a food line item that's for food. When you go to the store and buy food, you're going you're gonna to cook for you and your family. And then there's a meals and entertainment place where we're going to go out to dinner. Mm. And so we just have to look at those categories and methodically go through each one of those and then ask kind of the tough questions. <clears throat> Excuse me. Answer the tough questions. Do we need this or do we want this? And if you, if you look through that lens, then those budgets get pretty easy to do. Um, sometimes I ask people when they, if they're going to sit down and work on a budget, just pull out your bank statement from last month. Yes. And start there. Mm -hmm. What was the rent? Again, the easiest thing in the world to budget. Um, the most difficult things on the spreadsheet to budget are entertainment. And, um, you know, you bump into a thriver on Sunday afternoon and they say, let's go out to dinner or let's go grab a snack after church. And it isn't in your budget, but you don't want to say no. And so what do you do? And oftentimes you say, okay, let's go. And then now we've blown our, blown our budget. Mm -hmm. So, um, but the first, the first point to even to know whether you've blown the budget or not is to know what you've spent. Mm -hmm. So take that bank statement, set it out, pick your categories. Mm -hmm. I have a bunch of them you can, you can have if you want. And that, that's going to become our budget. And then we're going to have to figure out some way to live within that budget. And really the husband and wife have to talk about this. You have to sit around a table, pull out the bank statement, pull out your spreadsheet, look at the computer screen together and say, okay, what should we budget in this category? And just work through it. And again, it's not complicated because everything you spend are in your bank statements, either online or, you know, sit there with your bank statement open on your computer and walk through those categories and then agree together as a married couple, this is how we're going to spend our money. And so to me, those are the two ways, kind of the detail way and then the broad way. That's good. So what would you say to a couple who has never sat down and had that conversation? It can be fun, <laughs> right? It, again, it's not hard. Right. And, and you get to that point where you talk about some very personal items. Like in my budgets, there has to be a line item for haircuts because, Mark, you know, you got a nice haircut. And <laughs> He's that, looking good. That costs money, right? Yep. And then Bethany, you know, you... She gets her hair cut, and maybe she likes to get her nails done, and maybe she likes to, you know, color her hair, whatever it is, you can have that conversation. Right. And, and couples should talk about that because you know what? They're going to spend the money there, and yeah. those create even, you know, better opportunities. And clothes, you know, do you talk about clothes with your husband yeah. before you buy them? Yeah. And, you know, do you talk about the clothes that you need because you're a – you know, you're preaching and you can't just have a raggedy T-shirt on when you get up in the pulpit to preach. Right. And so these budgets create opportunities and, and we're not fighting, right? We're, we're getting down together and we're saying, hey, let's do this. We, we're looking at the end product. We want to be good stewards of the money that God's given us. And, you know, don't be afraid of the process because it's easy. The process is easy. It's not complicated. It could get emotional and subjective at some point in time, but that's where the husband yeah. steps in and says, you know what, this is what we should do on our budget. And now you have a budget. And so then the next question is, okay, well, what, what do we do about that, right? Mm -hmm. Bethany does a really good job in running stuff by me before she goes and makes massive purchases or goes on a shopping spree. Um, so yeah. 
you, yeah. you've, you've developed the, that pattern of having a conversation and checking in before you go and, you know, make purchases within the budget. Yeah. I think we started it when we had like not very much money at all in the beginning. So there wasn't a lot of wiggle room. So every little thing and we just kept it going. Hey, can I get this? What do you think? Should we spend our money here? Just kind of those opportunities. And it's, it's helpful because we're both then on the same page if I go to spend the money or if some need arises. And that's, that's been good just in our, our relationship. So You said a dollar amount? Like, or is it more just intuition and you know, hey, I got to talk to Mark about this? Yeah, I, I wouldn't come to him if it were like five bucks. Right. <laughs> but anything because... Six bucks and up, <laughs> <laughs> you got to talk. Five fifty and I'm coming. No, I, I think because we have a budget that's pretty detailed at this point with a lot of categories, it's going to be more for those miscellaneous items or those abnormal items. So I guess if it was an abnormal item, those five bucks, maybe I would. But it... I know at this point in our marriage what we want to spend in different categories. And so if it's something kind of outside that or something extra, then I do. I come talk to him. Hey, this new thing came up or this thing broke in our house. Should we spend the money now? Should we just kind of get rid of it? I mean, wh- what should we do? So, But a new couple, like you said, you know, maybe they can think about that concept. Because, you, Mark, you don't want to micromanage all right, give me the receipt from Albertsons. I want to see what you bought for food today. You know, you don't, you don't want to do that. You want to know you have a $500, $600 a month food budget and that you're just living within that and you're letting her manage that kind of day-to-day. But if, if people don't know what to do, set, set a dollar amount. Yeah, Please don't spend more than $100 outside of the budget if I don't know about it. And if, you know, chips and queso come home from Albertsons, I'm not asking any questions. I'm I'm happy. (laughs) You're happy. I'm happy with it. Just sheer joy. (laughs) Doesn't matter how much this costs, it's worth it. (laughs) But that's one way to help in that conversation, I think, is you can can talk about that. And then you can talk about, well, what should the number be? And there's no right answer. It's whatever you're super comfortable with because maybe Bethany's of the ilk that she doesn't spend any money ever. Right, so now you got confidence that if she's bringing something to you, you know it's it's a big deal. But maybe Bethany's of the ilk that, man, she's she's crazy when she spends money. Right, those are the two ends of the spectrum. You're crazy out of control spending money you don't have, uh-huh. or you never spend a dime. Right, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. And the idea is to bring these two married people together and decide where are we going to be on that spectrum and how are we going to really manage our budgets so we can give more and save more. We got to make sure we. We're careful with the money we got left over. It's really good. So some of those principles are in setting a budget, sticking to the budget. What about in managing the budget and um, who's in charge and what does that look like and the, the process of managing on an ongoing basis? Right. Great question. And Mark, as I know you've taught time and time again that it's the husband that's in charge of the family, the wife and the kids, and the buck stops with the husband. And if there's ever a financial problem in a marriage, it's the responsibility of the husband. You know, we're not going to look at the wife. We're not going to look at anybody else. We're going to say, why didn't you provide for your family? And so it always, it always stops with, with the husband. Now, there are things that can be delegated, and they should be delegated, and they need to be delegated, and they need to be delegated to the wife. Like what? Well, like going to the store and buying food. 
I don't think you have time in your schedule to go with her every time to the grocery store to get food because I see you come in early and I see you leave late and I know that you're getting three meals a day. <laughs> and that only happens yes. because you've asked Bethany to, to be responsible for the food in your house. Yeah. That means she's got to have money and she has to do that. But that's a delegation, right? Yeah. If you agree on that $600 a month food budget and then Bethany says, great, that's all we need to live, and I will live inside that budget, and I will do everything I possibly can to do that. And then Bethany is free. You're freed up to do that. You didn't have to decide on the number. You had input on the number because he doesn't have any idea because he doesn't really go. Right. But once you agree on the number, then that doesn't that free you up? You don't have to worry about that because you can oh, manage yeah. it on your own. Yeah. And she can even keep track of this, right? She can put it in a spreadsheet. She can, you know, choose to use some of the commercially available... Um, products out there that help, like you need a budget or mint or some of these even free services that allow you to keep track of where you're spending your money. And you can delegate all that, but that's delegating data input. It's not delegating the onus or the responsibility that's on your shoulders to manage the finances of your of your family. That's good. And you said something there in addressing Bethany that uh, is worth repeating you alluded to the freedom that comes from having a budget. She's free to operate within that $600 uh, framework. And when we think about budgets, or maybe when most people think about budgets, they think of a, it being a, a constriction or you know, a limiting. But from your perspective, it's freeing and opening. It is. And I've seen um, wives and wives-to-be, when they realize that it isn't their job to have enough money. It's just their job to follow the budget that the families agree to. Most of them are happy. They don't want to run the finances. They want to be an active part of the budget and how we spend our money, and they want to have input. They want to know that their husband's listening to them and that their husband loves them enough that they will listen to them. But once it's all agreed to, and then we're in the implementation stage, the wives love that freedom. Because mm -hmm. they know that, you know, they're not going to come home one day and say, what did you spend this for? Because they can say, well, that was in the budget and we talked about it. So there's no, right. there's no drama over the budget. It's great. Totally freeing for the wife. And sometimes I've had to try to convince them of that, especially some of the, the couples about to be married. Because if they've had, maybe they're an older couple too, and they both lived and they both figured out how the finances work. And the wife's like, I know how this works. I'm going to do it. And I'm like, well... I'm not sure that's the best way. Wouldn't, wouldn't you like to live your life never having to worry about money? Wouldn't you like to live that, that way? That sounds Bethany? lovely. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah, yeah, I'm and, in. And that's the way God's designed it. He gets to worry about yeah. money. Yeah. That's right. You, get to, you have to be careful and responsible to spend it in the ways that you've agreed you're going to spend it. And yeah. he gets the final say on those, those very few areas where you might disagree. And I'm sure you've had some of those, but... Um, those are probably few and far between at this point. And then um, I have a question about when you've set a budget item, let's say it's food, $600, and you just see a consistent, you know, we're at $650, we are at $700, we are always going over. What do you do when you're looking at your budget and you're not able to fit it in, like uh, into that amount? You're going over, you know, that's a real struggle. Right. So if it's the food line item or really any line item, you just start looking at options. Mm -hmm. You know, hey, I'm, I'm buying all my food at Trader Joe's. And I love Trader Joe's. This is not a slam on them. But it's, it's more expensive than, you know, Albertsons or even Costco. Right. And so you look for ways 
um, either through coupons or we're going to make the food go last longer. We are going to introduce some of the the beans and rice yeah. concept. Right. I mean, we've all been there where we haven't had enough money or enough money that we think we need, and we sacrifice on what we eat. Right. You can have salads for dinner. You can have what? eggs no. and <laughs> hash browns for dinner because you bought potatoes. Right. You can have soup and stew as it's getting cold in the fall because, you know, those things are inexpensive. Right. Uh, it's when you start spending the money on fresh fish or meats or steaks and you're having it every night. Right. You know, there are ways that you can cut that budget. And one of them is making a list. I mean, I'm sure um, all of the moms in Thrive have figured out a way to save money when they shop. Mm -hmm. And you don't buy anything that you didn't go in the store to buy. Because you know the grocery stores are all designed to just get you in the door and then you buy things that you don't need. And then you could also ask yourself the question, am I throwing things away because they've spoiled? Like I bought too much. Right. And so there's always that balance, but there's there's lots of ways you can do that. Coupons, you can do your meals on Sunday for the rest of the week and just know you're not going to do anything else. And some of it may be taste. I don't like the way that tastes. You'll like the way that tastes after you do it for a couple months mm-hmm. because that's all that's all you have. Right. And we need to eat healthy. I'm not saying don't eat healthy, right? But there's ways to eat healthy that are inexpensive. That's great. Let me ask one final question. Um, if you could go back to being newly married or having young kids, knowing what you know now, would you change anything about the way you handled your budget at that age or the way you spent or would you do anything different? Um, I would have probably saved more in the retirement area. Um, I really didn't start saving in the retirement area until late in my working career. Hmm. It wasn't as fashionable, if that's the good word, in our culture. You know, today we're bombarded with, you know, I think uh, Dave Ramsey says you should be saving 15% of your income for your retirement from day one. And that's a pretty high percentage. If I could get people to give 10%, save 10% for the normal stuff, and then put 10% aside for retirement, that'd be great. Okay. But I probably, the one thing I would change is I might have tried to save more for retirement on the front end. Well, that's great. Let's end here with a question and maybe take it back to the principle that we started off with at the very beginning of the episode. Uh, what kind of budget do you have, assuming you have one? Is it the really broad uh, budget? proposed or is it more of a detailed approach? And when was the last time you talked about that as husband and wife? Can you sit down and revisit the budget in an effort to be not only on the same page with each other, but good stewards of what God has given you? So have that conversation and tune in for maybe one more. We'll see you next time.